This week on Crime World... There was a Republican police from 1920. I mean, the IRA was effectively trying to run an underground government. And actually, there was a crime wave. 1919-1920, there's a wave of bank robberies, post office robberies, robberies of individuals, robberies of pubs in Dublin and in rural areas as well. So the IRA tried to actually clamp down on that. They, on occasion, solving bank robberies and giving the money back to the banks. Now, I'm Nicola Talent, and you can listen to my podcast, Crime World, wherever you get your podcasts. On this week's Big Tech Show, you might not think it could happen to you, but our guest this week explains how a significant number of Irish people may be falling victim to romance frauds online. Victims can feel a misplaced sense of shame. People can blame themselves. They feel embarrassed. And so they don't want to tell family, friends. They don't want to report it to the police. In some cases, of course, the victims are already in relationships. They're married. They have an extra reason to keep that quiet. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. When I got out to the Wicklow Mountains, when I came to the end of the line, I I felt this sinking feeling in the pit of my stomach. I'm Nicola Tallent, and every week you can hear stories about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld on my podcast, Crime World. This was a stitch-up from start to end. I talk to those who get up close and personal with gangsters, mobsters and notorious criminals. They have taught in every conceivable way of disguising cocaine. Crime World is available wherever you get your podcasts. I've been in the conservatorship for 13 years. It's a really long time to be in a situation you don't want to be in. Um, so I'm just grateful, honestly, for each day and being able to have um, the keys to my car and being able to be independent and feel like a woman. On the 12th of November, 2021, Pop star Britney Spears was released from a 13-year conservatorship set up by her father. The termination of the legal agreement means the singer is now back in control of her finances, her career decisions and personal matters. Today on The Indo Daily, we look at the extraordinary life of Britney Spears, her fight for personal freedom and ask what is next for one of the world's biggest selling music artists. Joining me today are Melanie Finn, the Irish Independence Entertainment Correspondent, and Andrea Smith, an Irish Independent Feature Writer. I'm so proud of her. I thank her. I thank her for her courage and poise and power. What's, what's next for Britney? And this is the first time that this could be said for about a decade, is up to one person, Brittany. But first, let's have a quick recap on what's gone on for Britney Spears. Britney was just 16 years old when her debut single, Baby One More Time, was released in 1998. It became a worldwide hit, topping the charts in 22 countries and selling over 10 million copies. Britney fast became a global star with her personal life, a constant source of fascination for gossip mags and celebrity TV shows. Fast forward almost 10 years later, and in 2007, 
And following her divorce from Kevin Faderline, where she lost custody of her two children, Brittany was involved in several public incidents that raised concern about her mental health. She shaved her head and hit a photographer's car with an umbrella. In 2008, she was twice admitted to hospital under a temporary psychiatric assessment ruling. A temporary conservatorship was established and later made permanent. It's embarrassing and demoralizing what I've been through, and that's the main reason. I've never said it openly, and mainly I didn't want to say it openly because I honestly didn't think anyone would believe me, and that's why I didn't want to say any of this to anybody, to the public, because I thought people would make fun of me or laugh at me and say, she's lying, she's got everything, she's Britney Spears. I'm not lying. I just want my life back, and it's been 13 years, and it's enough. A conservatorship is granted by a court for individuals who are unable to make their own decisions. Jamie Spears, Brittany's father, was in charge of her conservatorship, which had power over her finances, career decision, whether she could get married or even have a baby. In her court testimony, Brittany described the guardianship as abusive. Melanie Finn, entertainment correspondent for the Irish Independent. This legal battle spawned the hashtag Free Britney movement in 2019, which was a real global effort by fans to highlight the constraints of the legal arrangement on Spears' personal life and her career. Can you tell us a bit more about it? Yes. So she has been in this conservatorship arrangement since 2008 when she was sent for a psychiatric assessment um, on behalf of her father and so then he asked for a temporary emergency conservatorship to be put in place over concerns about her mental health and her well-being Um, and then the judge extended this then indefinitely in a very unusual step it's normally for um, people who are a lot older and who suffer from dementia and are deemed incapable of making any independent decisions. So, so far, so strange. This has been in place since 2008, but Brittany has continued to work to essentially be the family's cash cow to do very lengthy, very grueling um, residencies in Las Vegas. And the whole time there were concerns behind the scenes, particularly from her fans about her well-being, her emotional and mental well-being, but particularly in light of this strange conservatorship arrangement that was in place. They had become convinced that Brittany was sending out secret messages in her Instagram posts, in her social media posts, essentially asking for help trying to convey a a sense of her deep unhappiness with the ongoing situation. 2019, though, what really, really gathered momentum as a result of this New York Times documentary, a very far-reaching piece of work. And it it essentially revolved around these unsealed court documents that they managed to secure. Um, And on foot of this, the Free Britney movement really started to gather pace and we started to see some some changes for her. I mean, Melanie, they, they really turned amateur detectives, didn't they? It's pretty impressive what they managed to do, even against a kind of backdrop of people going, you know, are these fans making all this up? 
I know. And there was a lot of flack and conspiracy theories, you know. But you have to say, she honestly has the best fans in the whole world, if you look at the result of it. And they were right all along. She wasn't happy with this. This arrangement wasn't right at all. And then essentially in June of this year, then we had that very emotional, harrowing, 24-minute long testimony where we heard her speak out properly for the first time prior to this it had all been sealed under you know court situations and she spoke about being you know essentially in slavery how she was made to work against her will how she was made um you know not allowed to put in an IUD she wanted more more children she wanted a child with a boyfriend Sam Um, and she described it as being an abusive uh, you know in a traumatizing situation I want to have the real deal I want to be able to get married and have a baby I was told right now in the conservatorship I'm not able to get married or have a baby I have a Um, ID inside of myself right now so I don't get pregnant. I wanted to take the ID out so I could start trying to have another baby, but this so-called team won't let me go to the doctor to take it out because they they don't want me to have children, any more children. And it went global, understandably, around the world. This was really upsetting details, particularly for her fans, but it also shone a light on exactly what was going on behind the scenes here. You're talking about $60 million, 50 million euros estate, um, money that she essentially has earned herself and hasn't had any access to for the last 13 years. Melanie, we're now tripping over documentaries on Brittany and what has happened to her. Um, Have you watched many of them? I watched the New York Times one and I just, I thought it was amazing. Um, I thought in terms of being such a far-reaching piece of work, you know, they went back to her hometown in Louisiana. She grew up, you know, dog poor, as the expression is, in the States. And she really was a grafter, you know, the Mickey Mouse Club. She clawed her way up that showbiz ladder. And it's it's really hard to imagine now just how big it was, you know, her success. You know, the, prin- the Princess of Pop was her title, you know, and rightly so. She sold 100 million records worldwide and 70 million of those were in the states alone and um, she had six number one albums four number one singles she could she was one of the most influential people not even women she was one of the most influential people during you know the 2000s so, so you know to see her in the situation where she is effectively a prisoner in her own home and that's not even overstating it it was very sad and distressing to all those people who grew up idolizing her thinking she was just so amazing so talented and she deserved nothing but a good and happy and fulfilled life and unfortunately it hadn't turned out like that for her up to this point um so obviously everyone will be looking to see what she does next but um, i'm not here to be a victim um i lived with victims my whole life as a child that's why i got out of my house and i worked for 20 years and worked my ass off i'm here to be an advocate for people with real disabilities and real illnesses um i'm a very strong woman so i can only imagine Um, what the system has done to those people. Hopefully my story will make an impact and um, make some changes um, in the corrupt system. And the Free Britney movement, you guys rock. Honestly, my voice was muted and threatened for so long and um, I wasn't able to speak up or say anything. And um, because of you guys and the awareness of kind of knowing what was going on and delivering that news to the public for so long, You gave it awareness um, 
to all of them. And um, because of you, I honestly think you guys saved my life in a way. Andrea Smith, a features writer for the Irish Independent. We heard from Brittany's Instagram post and her Twitter post earlier this week that she's not a victim. What's next for her? Well, Sean, I think that she's hinting that there might be big trouble ahead, you know. She's saying that that her parents should be in jail for the things that they've done to her and that her voice is being muted and threatened for so long. So we're going to be in for a hell of an interesting ride listening to what she has to say. Because when you think about it, we haven't heard anything from Brittany over the years. When you look back on it, she's actually a woman who turns 40 in two weeks time. And, you know, normally at that stage in life, artists are championing causes and all sorts of things. And really, she's been kind of kept suspended as a schoolgirl, really, hasn't she, over the last few years? And she's talking in her Instagram post about being a voice for people with, to say, disabilities. And I think that she is going to become a force for good. You know, but first of all, she's going to have to get through what's going to be, I imagine, a very messy few years where she goes through all all that has been done to her and you know trying to trying to disengage from the situation she's been in for the last 13 years you know and we're seeing a very positive side to all of this as well she's now going on holidays she's newly engaged she's looking really happy in her social media posts so things are looking up absolutely and you know when i look back on Brittany's career i kind of think that she was only 16 when Baby One More Time came out. You know, she was there as a sexy schoolgirl, which when you look back on it, what kind of parents allowed that, you know, from their teenage daughter to be kind of, you know, a fantasy for, for older men? You know, that was really what it was. So I think the questions really have to be asked. And I'm sure that Brittany will be asking them too now that she has a voice. You know, she's going to, I think try and make up for all of the things that she couldn't do. I mean, saying things like she couldn't buy candles and, you know, hadn't got an ATM for to drive her own car. It seems incredible to think that a woman of almost 40 couldn't do that. The basic things. I mean, in your 30s, it should be a decade where you're so empowered and you're, you know, discovering all that you can be as a woman, you know, and to think that she never got a chance to do any of that. It's kind of incredible. And I suppose I always presumed she was kind of untouchable. You know, she she was, there was never anything heard from her really. So I just presumed she was living this kind of gilded life that these really, really famous, mega famous people live, you know. And now it looks like she was just a prisoner who didn't have the basic rights that you and I have, you know, which I think is incredible. So it'd be really interesting to see what happens and the one thing I would be concerned about is that the people that may surround her now that she doesn't have the kind of protection that she did have you know the way when people have been kind of under strict guardianship and then they are freed you know there could be a tendency to go wild and you just would hope that with all the money that she has and you know her her I suppose, desire to make up for lost time, that people don't take advantage of that, you know, and that there is somebody sensible guiding her and protecting her money. Because, you know, I suppose we all thought that when she had the breakdown that precipitated all of this, 
that, you know, her parents were doing it to protect her finances so that people wouldn't be exploiting her. And now, 13 years later, I would still hope that, you know, there is a certain element of that where things are protected for her and people don't take advantage, you know. It's been a long time since I've owned my money and it's my wish and my dream for all of this to end without being tested. Again, it makes no sense whatsoever for the state of California to sit back and literally watch me with their own two eyes make a living for so many people and pay so many people trucks and buses on tour on the road with me and be told I'm not good enough, but I'm great at what I do. And I allow these people to control what I do, ma'am, and it's enough. It makes no sense at all. And actually, when she posted that Instagram and, and Twitter post earlier in the week, um, you know, she she basically sent it out with a reference that she may as well get some info out before she she goes on Oprah. Yes, Oprah. <laughs> Everybody goes to Oprah. So, I mean, there's no bigger platform for getting your side across. But I do think, I mean, just looking at Meghan and Harry, you know, I had I had a few doubts as to the truth of what we were hearing. But because Oprah is the biggest platform in the world in terms of doing showbiz interviews, you know, there's it's the place that you you go to air your grievances and the whole world hears about it, you know. So I suppose Brittany is thinking that she's been silenced for so long. Oprah will get to use her famous line again, you know, were you silent or were you silenced? She'll be able to do that all over again. But I suppose people will be fascinated because with Meghan and Harry, I suppose we heard so many bits and pieces of it all, you know, all along. But with Brittany, we have, it's going to be, I think, eye-opening and jaw-dropping the kind of detail that she's going to reveal during that interview. I think we'll be glued to it. That was Andrea Smith, feature writer at the Irish Independent. And my thanks to Melanie Finn, entertainment correspondent, also in the Irish Independent. I'm Siobhan McGuire, and today's episode of the Indo-Daily was presented and produced by myself, researched by Tabitha Monaghan, recorded by Gavin Hennessy, with sound design by John Smith. Archive clips from independent.ie, Instagram and Netflix. You can listen to the Indo Daily wherever you get your podcasts. 